When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to The Price of Music, the show that looks at the money behind the music industry with me, Steve Lamack, and Music Allies Head of Insight, Stuart Dredge. This episode, having covered uh, some news stories in the last pod, uh, this episode we're going to dedicate to some of the many questions that we've received so far from yourselves. Thank you to everyone who's been in touch with queries. Uh, we will do this on a regular basis from here on in, if we can. So if your question isn't answered on this edition, don't worry, it should be in coming weeks. Uh, and of course, if you'd like to send us a question, email us the price of music podcast at gmail.com to start. Question from Ricky Kenny. Uh, typically, says Ricky, typically, how is the money distributed between headliners and supporting acts? And who actually pays the support band? Uh, shall I, shall, in my position as man who stands at the bar at live gigs and should know <laughs> something about this, shall I try and do this one? I think it's the one for you, yeah. Um, so, well, I say that, but this is this is going to sound a bit woolly, probably, Ricky. But sim- simply put, there's that there isn't really a typical distribution um, because it all comes down to what an artist is worth. So, a promoter predicts how many tickets a band might sell. Then they obviously then they find a venue, they negotiate a fee with the band, uh, put the gig on, set the ticket price, put the gig on, uh, having a say worked out just what the value is of the headliners, and that's what produces the headliners fee. And then the support bands uh, or support bands, you can usually split these into. I guess there's kind of two definitions. They're either a quite new artist that no one's probably really heard of, or it. Could be a band with some profile who are on the way up and whichever one of those you are that will affect how much money you get because as an unknown band you're not going to really add to any of the ticket sales so therefore you have less value to the promoter uh, but a group who've got some profile maybe had some plays on the radio who might actually help bolster the number of people in the crowd uh then you'll get a little bit more money as a a support band Uh, and i i I mean i'd say i did go and check this once again with my friendly live music insider uh who says um and i quote uh, obviously the bigger the show the bigger the fees can be for a support act as they become worth tickets in inverted commas uh that's actually adding to the show's worth uh, and so they're paid accordingly uh, but at the smaller level when they're virtually unknown uh it's a very small fee that's supposed to that again in inverted commas that should cover a support band's costs but in reality these days often doesn't so there you go uh, there are no in simply there's no rule as to how the money is split uh, but all the monies to the headliners and the supports are paid for by the promoter. Um, with, I mean, there are one or two exceptions. I don't want to complicate matters now, but there are a few exceptions where headliners have 
helped finance a band to support them because they really want them to go on tour with them uh, because they want them to do it they'll put a few uh, bob in so that uh, the band can pay for a hotel or you know uh, hire a decent van so that occasionally happens uh, and also I mean even more occasionally these days I think a support act if they're signed to a bigger label uh, that record label might pay the group what's called tour support um, which is well, it's the label adding some money to the kitty to the tour kitty uh, to help the band get out and play and raise their profile and win new fans uh, although I don't think that happens as much as it used to in the 90s but I think it possibly occasionally does that's tour support uh, there is if you can put that on its head though uh, Stuart what's the other what's the other one yeah, Vions. So I, I was a naive young journalist who was like, that. I thought that's how everything worked. Like as a band, you're like, who do you want to support us on our tour? Let's get them in. We love them. We'll pay them some money. That's it. And then someone said, yeah, you know, Vions, sometimes you pay to go on, you pay for a support slot. You have to kind of, you know, if you don't, if you don't put the fee up, you can't go on the tour. And I was like, oh, my eyes were open to the music industry. But I don't know if that happened. Is that common now? I don't know. I haven't heard of it um so much of late but that could be just because i haven't heard of it doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't happen again it's one of those things that certainly did happen an awful lot in the in the 90s where i won't say the name of the band but i was incredibly taken aback when a well-known Britpop group were reportedly charging twenty thousand pounds for a band to go on tour with them how about that? But there was a lot of money in the music industry in them days. Uh, question from Darren Luckhurst. Pet Needs. This is the band Pet Needs, uh, who are from Colchester, by the way. Just uh, stick that in. Uh, Pet Needs have just released their third album, Intermittent Fast Living. Uh, and as is the way with modern day music, it's arriving on multiple formats. The band are currently running a bottom of the pops campaign in a bid to reach the UK top 40, uh, whereby the push is for fans to buy 12 copies each of the new album, which all come in unique sleeves, which when put together, eventually forms a piece of frameable art so there's so there's 12 different versions of the album if you collect the set it turns into a piece of art my question says darren is is this of major benefit to the artists in terms of profile and chart sales is it a major benefit is it even allowed Stuart? yeah well so i was i thought i knew the i did similar to you i thought i knew the answer to this but i went and asked someone who did know so i went to the official charts company to check i had it right um, so that there is a real benefit to buying versus streaming in terms of chart sales still. So I, I think if you sell an album, whether it's like a CD or a vinyl record or download, that's equivalent to around a thousand track streams from the album in terms of the chart. So on a 10 track album, that's a hundred plays. So you, you pay, you, you buy the album, it's worth a hundred plays of the full album on streaming. So there's, there is a real merit in about an artist going, right, for week one, we want to sell albums to so get the fans get the main list on the case we've got this coming out and that's been around for a while so there's a real benefit in chart sales of actually sales versus streams um and yeah it's it's increasingly common and it is allowed um i mean pet needs to kind of push the boat out i think to a level that you see with artists like taylor swift she has loads of versions of her midnight's album for example but you don't always see it from kind of young bands so they've really kind of done something quite fun here um it's all fine under chart rules, as long as you don't do anything sneaky. So you're not allowed to go buy all 12 versions of the album for a tenner and I get 10, 
you know, 12 sales for a tenner. That's right. not allowed. Right. Um, and one fan buying 12 different versions of an album is fine. So that's that's all counted. One fan buying 10 copies of the same version is not, that's not counted as 10 sales. So you can't, you can't, so you, can, you can't kind of encourage fans to buy 10 copies of your CD. Uh, that won't be counted if they buy them from the same place. Like they'd have to go around and buy them from different retailers to, you know, make it. I mean, surely you just stand in the shop, don't you? And go, I'm buying, I'd like 12 copies, please. 11 of these are for my friends. <laughs> and then. <laughs> And take that down when you report it to the chart authorities. Yeah, yeah. So when when you say uh, Taylor Taylor Swift did this, I mean, as you say, it's becoming more and more of um, uh, an accepted part of the the chart race, isn't it? Or or get a, a way of generating revenue by getting people to buy more than one copy of the record. But how much? What's the what? What is the record of most number of for, how many formats did Taylor Swift do? Do you know? So off the top of my head, I think it was around nineteen, but 19. stuff comes out. But stuff comes out after the event as well. Like you know, a few months later, you might have a deluxe. So I'm not sure of the final number. Um, but I think the other thing about pet needs that I thought was interesting is 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 they're not just saying buy twelve copies of our album to fans. They're doing I think it's like nine in store shows in a week. They're doing loads of in store shows around the country. They're really good on social media. It's like a it's like a big concerted campaign. It's not just buy twelve copies, and that I think is what is what backs this up. Because if you just kind of try and make people pay, I mean, who cares really? But if what they they they're really kind of trying to engage their community in that goal. Um, although I kind of bottom of the pops is quite fun, but I don't know. I mean, you saw the midweeks figure. Like I think that if they're trying to come bottom of the top forty, they're not doing very well. Are they? They've failed in that. How are they doing? Well, well, the the so we're recording this during the week. The album is out by the time this episode goes live. It will be on Friday, which is the day we'll actually find out their final chart placing. But they were doing quite well. They were inside. Uh, they're inside the top twenty at the moment. So it does it does seem to be working. I tell you what else. This uh, this also brings us back to the last pod we did, where we were talking about the the the, the concept of the superfan because this is classic superfan territory, isn't it? I mean, even and I wouldn't class myself a super fan of of anyone but i even i've been tempted by different versions of the same lp release if you see what i mean different formats when you see oh that's a lovely looking red vinyl marbled red vinyl and <laughs> oh but this one's in gold and uh, this one's a you know and there's a picture of this and there's this and this one comes with a set of postcards and i'm sort of that'd be nice to have wouldn't it uh, but that's that's the that's the land of the the, the super fan you're basing it you're basing um uh, your marketing on a select group of your biggest followers. Yeah, and also bringing them into it. So it's it's like not just buy my stuff. It's kind of let's do this, let's achieve this goal together. Like let's kind of get together and get the band in show. I mean, that's I feel that's been going on since I was young as well. Like let's let's get our band into the charts that we love. Mm. Um, it's always been the case. And yeah, so this is just a good example. But yeah, no, so nothing against the rules, very inventive and seems to be working well. And now I think the case is when you get the early midweeks, Thing. you have to then keep the momentum up and sometimes that can boost you kind of because you can say right we've done it we're inside top 20 let's keep this going till friday so yeah best of luck to them and we'll know by the time this comes out 
just in case anyone doesn't know, so inside the music industry, uh, there are charts compiled. Obviously, the data is coming in on a daily basis. And if you're a subscriber, um, you can get what's called uh, the midweek charts, and the charts are updated every day. So you can plot your marketing campaign. You can plot the campaign of the band from the very first midweek all the way through. Uh, so it's actually not even a midweek. It's a start of the week, a midweek, and a nearly end of the week. You can get all the positions. I will say that, I mean, the, the interesting thing is what it does do is, you know, it doubles your fan base immediately if you can get one person to buy even one extra copy, doesn't it? So it does that. And in answer to the other part of your question, Darren, you know, what, what is about, what's it worth to a band? It's worth a line in the next press release. You know, if you can include the line from the top five album or following the debut LP, which went top 20, that's the sort of thing which often makes, you know, some journalists and radio producers and people in the media take notice. It's a sort of statistical endorsement, isn't it? Uh, it's, it's in some ways, unfortunately, better than saying after their terrific record, the best work of their career, just stick a top 10 in that press release. And it's, you know, it looks, it looks like they've had a successful record even if it was only top 10 for for one week um, but uh, bless them pet needs as i say good luck to them and not just because they come from colchester either <laughs> uh, we'll update you on where they ended up in the charts uh, next time around um, now can i just before we go on to the next question can i do a very quick update on a question which we answered i think it was last week as to who's the most successful songwriter noel gallagher or damon albarn because i had a message from a friend who shall remain nameless but he's in involved in the music industry in various guises uh, and, and he proffered this additional insight which we hadn't thought of uh, at the time because we compared physical sales of the albums and uh, both their streaming stats taking into account you know all the artists although we did forget to mention good bad and the queen actually for, for Diane oh, yeah, album yeah. um, but this is this is the point if you're, this is this this is my contact, who uh, so says, if you're talking about who has the highest value, you need to add in Blur's track song two. It's the sound of NFL touchdowns, and its use in sports in America is extraordinary. I'd say that the comparative streaming numbers are pretty much irrelevant compared to the value of song two's placements and broadcast usage, uh, which, as I say, is a twist I hadn't thought of, but we should probably, I mean, we'll probably explain this properly at some point down the line. But artists, you know, they get they get paid for the use of their songs, I mean, not just on TV and in films, but also at live events. That's that's a given, isn't it? So repeated use of your track, even at a sports event, will bring you some money. Yeah. And do you remember when Taylor Swift and Damon Albarn fell out because he, he said something about co-writing? And now she's going to all these NFL games because her partner is an NFL player. Right. So I mean, she has to listen to, she has to listen to song two every time <laughs> her partner catches a touchdown. <laughs> the, the song of one of her nemesis is played. That's kind of harsh, isn't it? But yeah, I, I didn't think about that. Yeah, but every time, so every time song two is used, as I say, in this case, uh, in the, the NFL, the, the writers of that song, so e.g. Blur, Blur will get a payment every time it's used. And given the amount of times it's getting played during games across the season over multiple years, 
that is going to be a tidy little sum of money. Uh, thank you very much. As I say, we're always open to further insights into any of the stories we cover or all the answers we give. The email address is coming up after this. Our final question for now, which is well, less a factual question and I guess more is it more of a moral one. This is from Graham Colbeck, who says, I've been listening to your chat about the 45 million tracks not played at all on Spotify. This, in case you missed it from a couple of weeks ago, uh, from a report which said just that 45 million tracks didn't have a single play, didn't get a single play last year uh, on Spotify. Uh, but Graham uh, says, yes, the 45 million tracks not played at all on Spotify. And then heard you trying to put a positive spin around not paying artists who have less than a thousand plays a month. Uh, I'm not sure we did that. Uh, Graham, uh, I refer I refer you all back to uh, last week's uh, Spotify pod, but uh, Graham continues. I'm an amateur hobby artist, uh, and I gather a very small amount of plays on Spotify, but I have to pay for my tracks uh, to uh, to get on the streaming services to be distributed uh, to the streaming services. But I do this because I want my art to be out there for its own sake. Uh, I create my own music, and some people listen. Am I not entitled to receive anything towards that distribution cost of £20? It doesn't seem to be an unreasonable request, does it? Uh, by the way, my artist alter ego is Grizzly Adams, if you want to look up Grizzly Adams. Uh, what are your thoughts, Stuart? Yeah, well, I listened to his album this morning. Uh, Did you? And I liked it. So it's just 10 streams for me, just to kind of show, show willing, really. Um, I, think, I think I agree. I, like, I, don't, I don't think we tried to put positive spin in it. I think we were kind of explaining why this is being introduced and what the arguments are in favor of it as a way of explaining it. But then I understand if you're an artist and you're thinking, hang on a minute, this is my art. Mm. I can understand why you might be. So it's, it's, I think it's two things, isn't it? Like it's, do you have the right to put music out and do you have the right to get paid for it? And these two things are kind of being separated out now in that Spotify is not taking anyone's music off its service, but it is setting this threshold for, well, you only earn if you get more than this. And it's it's kind of, I suppose it's like this is the modern thing, isn't it? Like it's it's been ever since the internet, it's become much easier to put to release music. You didn't need to have a label. You could put your music on MySpace. You could upload it to SoundCloud, put it on YouTube, and now you can pay for distribution like Graham is and put it on all these things. And but but there is this move now of saying right, well, how few plays are too few plays to get paid for it? And that's a, it's a quite, I, honestly, I'm, I'm torn between worrying about that and seeing where they're coming from. I don't know about you. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't want to play devil's advocate, but um, this is a business versus art uh, debate, isn't it? And I think we're all in favour of people who create art being paid for their art. Certainly if, if somebody else makes any money out of something which you have created, then you should get paid too. I guess Spotify's argument is is going to be that you know they are they're, they're sort of hosting your music for free, although you've had to pay twenty pounds uh, to uh, what's the distribution company DistroKid, I think. Uh, so Graham, you've you've had to pay them twenty pounds, um, but I guess they're saying, well, you know, Albert is just providing you with a platform to be heard. Um, and and that's why I guess if they think they're not getting much out of this deal, that's why they're not giving you anything back. But in general, um, creatives who create something which is used and other people enjoy, 
you know, where I think we, you know, I think we all agree that somebody, you know, who's spent time on their art, as I say, if it's if it generates anything for anybody else, then then you should get paid. But I'm with you all the way on this. Where where could this stop? And I know Spotify have set the bar at anything less than a thousand plays, you don't get any money. That that's where the bar is now. But as uh, we mentioned on the last pod where we were talking about Spotify, you know, who's to say that won't move? And I think that's people's fear, isn't it? That it will go up to 2,000 or 5,000 and where where does it end? And once the precedent is set, how how difficult is it going to be to reverse that? Yeah, I mean, there are there are some examples of, of these kind of thresholds. So I was looking at um, PRS for Music, the Collecting Society, they have a minimum limit of paying out on royalties. I think it's 30 quid for most quarters, where if it's less than that, they don't pay out because it's too small to justify the processing costs, you know. Um, I think even DistroKid has got a minimum payout threshold as well. If you don't earn more than five point something dollars. Um, and the other area is kind of places like YouTube and Twitch, where you can upload videos for free. You don't earn any money. And it's only when you get to a certain level, you can join their partner programs and start getting a share of ad revenues. So in a way, it's kind of moving music towards that kind of model, like the model of uploading things to YouTube, which, which if you're a musician, you might, you know, might understandably think, I don't think that's a good. Um, the other thing I was going to mention, actually, was Music and I did a conference recently. We had Deezer's CEO, so Deezer, the streaming service. He spoke and he was asked about this and he was like, well, his basic view was you're making sense if you're getting a thousand streams. And then that money gets stuck in a distributor. People don't even take it out because it's just two cents. And what he was saying was, if you're an up and coming artist, what we need to do is help you get discovered. And then you can get to that level. And he was sort of saying, so the, rather than see us as taking your money away, we need to put the effort into helping your music get to people who like it. So he seemed to be saying that as we introduce these limits, we're also going to try and give you more tools to help you build an audience. But the proof of that really is in the pudding. If you're if you're taking money away in one sense to say, well, we're going to make things better in another area, you have to then prove it. But yeah, I think it's um, I don't know honestly. Like I think I, I defend Graham's right to have his art out there, and I listened to it and I enjoyed it, so I'm glad it is out there. Um, and I sort of I hope it can find its way to people so that if he wants to earn money, he can. So I really am torn about the impact these changes will have, but I don't take it lightly. Yeah, I don't sort of think it's all great and just sod off if you've got less than a thousand streams because because there are people who are, it's, it is people's art. But do you know what we need to do? I've, I've thought of a solution to this. We need to get the Grizzly Adams CD into the hands of an NFL executive, right? And say, do you need some new touchdown music? Because song two is, you know, getting on a bit now. And that might be the solution, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've got no contacts in that world. But I'll certainly ask. I'll ask around. Alternatively, as you've done, uh, go and stream the Grizzly Adams, and we we might be able to uh, push Graham up above the the thousand mark. Uh, let's as our first target, we've got to try and earn the twenty pounds for dis- distribution. We'll do that. Uh, anyway, we're we're out of time. Um, we're out of time partly because I have to head off to pick up an extra microphone so I can interview a band and a gig in London later on. But thank you very much uh, for listening. If you've enjoyed this pod, please do subscribe to the show in your podcast app. Give us a review and a rating if at all possible because we'd be very grateful if you could. Uh, and if you have a question you'd like answered on the show, uh, email us, Stuart, at this address. It's the price of music podcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much to Stuart. Thanks, everybody. Take care of yourselves.
Cheerio. Cheerio.